Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Woman podcast. Every two weeks, we'll post a podcast version of one of our free training videos, but you can access them now at beyondordinarywomen.org. This episode or series includes downloadable information on our website, beyondordinarywomen.org. Go to resources on the main menu and click on podcast slash video extras. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, and I am once again with Nika Spalding uh, to talk about millennials. As I said in the introduction to our first video, which really defined millennials, help us understand millennials better, Nika is one of my favorite millennials. She really is. And so I love millennials, but they are different from my generation. And so we want to talk now about ministering to them. So find out more about Nika on our website and the bio, and we're just going to get right into the topic, Nika. So as you, as we think about ministering to millennials, I know that a lot of millennials have left church. Yeah. And so this is a really important topic for anybody in church ministry or even someone ministering to individual mm-hmm. millennials and trying to bring them back to yeah. community. Yeah, that's a great point, Kay. We, it seemed like there's a mass exodus right out of the church and, and the statistics are growing. And so I think this, it's why I love truly talking about millennials. I joke about how I love talking about millennials because I am one and we're narcissistic. But the reality is, is my pastor's heart just aches for my friends to come back, to come back to the church. And so um, one of the things that when you minister to millennials, I think is so important is you recognize how deeply flawed we are. And again, every generation is, but um, the structures that have been in place in our society for so long, like the family unit, the mom and the dad and things like that, that have been for the most part in, in certain sectors of, of society have been in place are no longer there. And so, so millennials from a very early age, you know, they hear the word dad. And for, for most of millennials, they don't have a good image of their father or um, they talk about uh, Jesus as this savior. And that's a really damaging thing because so many millennial women especially have just really difficult relationships with men or men who have tried to, to exert authority or power. We hear these words submission and these are good words when we talk about a good and righteous father and and savior and spirit. Um, But for millennials, because they're so deeply flawed, I think it takes a lot more energy for people to realize that's where we have to start. And we have to start by a lot of times reparenting millennials. And so um, we get a bad rap as the generation that got too many participation trophies. But I like to quit back with that. That's because mom and dad were divorced and dad didn't show up to the soccer game and everybody felt bad for us. So you gave us a participation trophy. And of course, it turned us into narcissists. But it's because deep down inside, when an eight-year-old is winning their soccer game or losing it and getting the trophy either way and mom and dad aren't there, it left an impact. And so... One of the things I tell people who are ministering to millennials, millennials have facades, they have their social personalities, they've got these walls up, and one of the most powerful things you can just tell them is that they're loved, that they're deeply loved. And I think it's important that as, as we minister to millennials that we take back the metaphor that God already gave us of the family of God, that so many millennials didn't grow up with mothers because they were single moms and so they were working two jobs to make ends meet or they didn't grow up with a father or they grew up with a father who came in and out or they grew up with a father who bought their love because they had them every other weekend or they just, you know, maybe the, the siblings were split. One lived with mom, one lived with dad. And so what we can do when we minister to millennials 
is bring back this, this identity as family, that you have a mother in the faith, that you have a father in the faith, that you have brothers and sisters in the faith, and you have a family that God has given you because he loves you so much. And so I think it's important that we do that. Um, one of the things that I say every time I teach is that if nobody's told you today that they love you, I do. But far more importantly, God does. And I think it's important that we continuously tell millennials and every generation that they are deeply, deeply loved by God. In addition to loving millennials, I think another thing to minister to millennials is exegete the culture. And what I mean by that is we do a great job, I think, as ministers of, of looking at the Bible, exegeting it. We've learned these skills. But how do millennials apply it who are dealing with things that previous generations never dealt with before? Things like how much time on social media is too much. Things like women struggling with pornography and rates that we've never seen before. Things like my neighbors have a different sexual orientation than I do. And should I go to their wedding? Things like is it okay to, to drink at this party? Is it okay to smoke pot? Because I live in Colorado and it's legal now. I mean, these are things that the generations are facing now more than ever before. And I think as ministers, we've got to help. We can't avoid talking about difficult subjects like pornography and abortion and homosexuality. But instead, as leaders, we've got to lean into those conversations because it's not that millennials aren't having the conversations. They're absolutely having them. They just feel flat-footed and they, they need somewhere to turn. Where can I go to to learn about this issue? Where can I go to learn, to learn how do I have this conversation lovingly and winsomely, but also in a way that honors my Savior? And I think that's one of the things that ministering to millennials, these are the real issues. They don't want to come in and just have a conversation about um, you know, how to host a great party. That is, that is so far gone for them. And in fact, they'll tell you they can host it better, right? And so what they want to know is, is how do I have a conversation about these really difficult things, and can I turn to you to help me with that? Um, and so as ministers and teachers and even mentors, whatever our role is, those aren't things to avoid. Absolutely. Just Absolutely. because it's controversial yeah. and you may not see it exactly like they yeah. do, the the topics need to come up. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think it's interesting as a millennial, I think people expect me to talk about those things a little bit more. And what I found though was early on, it felt like a little bit like the third rail, like, okay, if she, if she touches that topic, is she going to survive? You know, we'll see what happens. Uh, and being a little bit bold and maybe reckless and starting ministry at 27, I had no problem. I would slap the third rail all the time. And, and what's been great with that is God's given me a ministry to tell people, you'll be okay. What you'll find is, is all the generations appreciate the conversation. Because what I'm noticing is whether you are a millennial or you're a mom of a millennial or you're a grandmother of a millennial, everybody is seeing that these conversations are important. And so I have my baby boomers going, I'm mentoring this 25-year-old. What helped me? She's, she's talking about these particular issues, these things that her friends are walking through, these things that she's walking through. And I think that we'll find that the more we touch that third world, we, we take the stigma away. And frankly, these are things the church should be talking about anyways, that all of life is under the sovereignty and the rule of God. And so anything that someone, we want to make it, light and darkness should never be confused. And when there are certain topics that we don't talk about, we inadvertently say those things are not safe for the light. But the light is not a concept, it's not a teaching, it's a person. Jesus is the light of the world, and he tells us, come into the light. And so we need to consistently create atmospheres as leaders where people go, everything I bring into the light is going to be dealt with, and it's not going to be shunned, and I'm not going to be shamed. And I think that more so than ever, it's critical, because that is what our millennials are dying to hear. Um, and it seems to me, for my generation, what we need to do is be sure that we're listening and reading broadly, yeah. and not just what we've always thought yeah. or what other people in our generation are saying. Yeah. We need to be sure that we're reading 
what millennials are reading, that we're watching some of the things they watch. Absolutely. Because otherwise, we don't know how to have those conversations. Absolutely. And I think that's so well said. I think uh, as you read broadly, one of the things that I think is so important to ministering to millennials is not to major on the minors. And so, so many times you have a millennial come in and she's telling this story, this absolutely gut-wrenching story about how this guy broke her heart. And then what maybe the older generation hears is, well, why did you go to that club in the first place? Or why did you, and, and sort of the millennials looking at her going, that's what you want to focus on was the fact that I had one too many drinks, which listen, we need to focus on that too. But if we can help people sit in the moment and go, okay, in this, in this particular story, that was the minor. The major was an identity crisis. You don't know who you are without being with a guy. And so I could focus on, hey, maybe one drink is, you know, instead focus on, hey, who are you in Christ? Who do you think that God tells you that you are? And so, so many times I hear conversations about millennials where we're told, hey, you do this too much, you do that too much. In the grand scheme of things, I'm going, that's the least of her problems. And, and so we don't, we don't believe in behavior modification in the church. We believe that Christ is the one that changes us. But I think sometimes there's panic because the generations are so different and millennials participate in things that our older generations would go, I would never go to a hookah bar and smoke that. But if that's all you want to talk about is the hookah bar and you miss the part in the, inside the hookah bar where she was sharing the gospel and she got to reach out to her friends, focus on that, praise her, and then maybe go, hey, what are we doing with our free time? Is that something helpful for your appetite or hurtful? And, and so I think majoring on the majors so that people know what is at the center of our faith. If we are never talking about the doctrine of Christianity, the doctrine of the resurrection, the doctrine of the atonement, and all we're talking about is behavior modification, we're going to lose millennials. And so I think it's important that we focus on the things that really matter. Um, and so like a, a perfect example of that too in our teaching is oftentimes when I walk into women's ministries, the majority of the examples that I hear are about marriage and raising children. And this generation is delaying marriage and some of them don't even want children. And instead they find themselves in boardrooms or they're CEOs of their companies or they are surgeons or they're lawyers and they want opportunities to have those conversations as well. And so I think those are the types of conversations that if we're going to continuously focus on these minor things and not address the things that is 80% of their day, then I think we're going to lose them as well. Because they're going to go, I don't, I don't really care to talk about the, the 15 minutes that I spent at the party when I'm telling you eight hours of my day were spent in this boardroom where I was terrified and I don't know who I was and I felt alone. And, and in that moment, we can talk about you're never alone. The Spirit is with you in those moments and, and He's with you. And then the last thing I would just say ministering to millennials is, Millennials learning groups, it's unavoidable. And so when you're thinking about how you structure your ministry, make sure to build in space for millennials to have an opportunity to have conversation to where they can flesh out their ideas. They are not passive learners. They, they, if they have to sit and take in 45 minutes of information and then leave, they're going to leave and not come back. But if you create opportunities in your ministry for millennials to, to rub up against older generations, to share ideas, to cross-pollinate, because that's how we've been taught to learn, and that's how we learn that what we have to say is valuable, then I think millennials will start to learn some of these lessons a little bit easier. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nika. And I, I feel like this conversation is helpful even to the woman in the small group mm -hmm. with millennials. She may not even have a child, a grandchild, she may just be in a small group at church yeah. where millennials are. I think it's just so important for that woman who has influence to, yeah. to better understand millennials because she's ministering to them as she sits in the group yeah. and speaks into the issues that come up from this 
from the lesson. So thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate you. it. And we do have one more uh, video. We're going to talk about ministering with millennials in partnership. And I know that sometimes people in my generation, baby boomers, struggle with that. So I'm very excited to hear what Nika has to say, and I hope you'll join us. We also are going to put a document for download on our ministry at beyondordinarywomen.org. So be sure and search for that under the resources for leadership and look at that. It will outline some of the things that Nike and I are discussing now. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcasts and information about women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast was produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Kay Halligan, Deborah Herring, Sharifa Stevens, and John Sparks. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used by courtesy of Christine Miller.